1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to my show. I'm your host, Diana Belaros, award-winning and best-selling author, The Journey of Transformation, The White Within, and Fire and Ice. You can find out more about me on my website, dianabeloros.com, as well as follow me and download all of my podcasts for free. Please come and let me know what kind of a topic you wish me to cover on the show, and I'll be more than happy to do it. So today, we have... Stefan Howe, is calling us all the way from Denmark. Stefan Howe is born in 1975, is a Danish author and filmmaker who lives in Copenhagen, Denmark. As a true crime author, he has worked all over the world and written about topics such as child abductions, kukus kwan, the white supremacy movement, human trafficking, and death penalty. Stephen Howe emphasizes that he always describes problems through the people who are victims of them rather than through experts sitting at their desk. Therefore, he always follows his main characters closely over a period of time, and he's not afraid to put himself in danger zones. is also known to tell his stories in a captivating and engaging way so readers feel that they have a good reading experience so he is with us today, and I cannot wait to, hear, uh, to, to talk to him and to learn about his books and how actually he's able to uh, get this information and uh, give us a chance to learn from the victims themselves. So hi, Stefan Howe. How are you today?
2: I'm very good. How are you? And thank you for having me on the show.
1: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I'm just fine. Thank you for asking. So we cannot wait to learn about yourself first, and then uh, about uh, your books. And I'm sure a lot of listeners will be fascinated with the stories you incorporated in the books.
2: No, um, I just put out a book uh, a week ago uh, in in the U.S. called "The Deprived Innocent on Death Row," and the. This book covers the topic of wrongful convictions and people being put innocent on death row where people have even been executed despite their innocence. Um, It's a book that came to mind uh, because of some experiences that I had a few years back. First of all, um, when I was a teenager... I uh, witnessed an innocent man walking down the street in my hometown in Denmark, and he was being attacked and brutally stabbed to death by a group of thugs. Uh, He was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And witnessing that crime really created a fear within me. I've got to admit that for years, I was 17 years old, and for years... I was afraid of walking down the streets late at night and so on. And I reacted to my fear as many people would do. How do you eliminate your own fear? You do it by eliminating what actually causes you to fear. And in this case, um, people being brutal enough to, to kill another person. So... Back then, after witnessing this crime, I became a very firm believer in the death penalty. I believed that if you were cruel enough as a person to take another man's life, there was only one way of repaying that, and that was by uh, losing your own life. I was a firm believer in eye for an eye. uh, Until some some years later, I realized that iPhone and I makes the world go blind, so to speak. Uh, I was working on another book project, and I was in uh, Los Angeles, where I was writing um, a book about the 10 challenges that Americans themselves saw as the biggest problems towards the country. topics such as racism, illegal immigration, uh, social inequality, uh, the cost of educations, and so on. But another topic was actually injustice for the law. And that led me to interview uh, a person that I found who had been uh, wrongfully convicted, and he spent 22 years on death row in Pennsylvania. His name was Nick Yaris. And I set up a interview with him in um, a restaurant on, on Sunset Boulevard. And I didn't, know, I didn't know what to expect of him. I've been reading a bit about him, but I didn't know what to expect. And still I had the expectation that I would meet a man that was one of two things, either broken and crawling along the walls after 22 years on death row, That or I would meet a man who was hardened by these many years in prison where he had experienced unbelievable cruelty. So I thought that it would be either or. But I met something completely different. I met a man that was educated, who was very, very friendly and who was just a person who had decided that since he had regained since he had been given his life back when he was exonerated, he wanted to make something good of it instead of being bitter, saddened, or hardened and and cruel as person had been to him when he was convicted, and I was truly amazed by his story his story and 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 by the way that he conducted himself, so back then in 2014, I decided to um, look into if his story was something that was equal to other exonerees of um, of uh, from the death row, and uh, I started looking up uh, uh, former incarcerated uh, and wrongfully convicted uh, uh, persons on on death row, uh, and um, it all resulted in, in the deprived innocent on death row that I put out this uh, this um, month of of February.
1: Oh, that's devastating. Somebody being in jail so many years and being exposed to the harsh reality and. Um, being able to put himself together and turn the negative into positive, which the way it should be, actually. But what I'm talking about every time on my radio show. We need to, take, to turn our negative experience into a positive one so we can make a difference and help others. So that's mm-hmm. amazing what you do. Can you tell but us you exact- a bit about... Yeah, 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 yeah go ahead, yeah.
2: No, no, but concerning what you're saying, the amazing thing, what has struck me in such a positive way with these exonerees, and I've met a lot of them, I've interviewed a lot of them, and many of them, they are struggling to restore life. Because one thing is, when you've been spending decades on death row or wrongfully convicted and uh, in, in, in given another sentence but still wrongfully convicted let's say you spent 10 years in, in prison when you are released and exonerated you've often lost your best years of putting a retirement t- retirement plan together or your best. you've lost your best earning years you do not have a house you do not have a car you do not often have A wife or husband, Uh, and you have to start all over in life uh, at a very uh, late age. And naturally, that makes people struggle. Some have been put in prison when there was no such thing as Wi Fi, as a cell phone, as uh, transferring money through the internet. They have to learn all these things from scratch. And trust me, from what I've been told, that is really terrifying. But the thing is, despite the fact that they struggle towards all these things and also regaining trust in, in, in fellow man, it seems that all of them have decided on one thing. They do not want to be bitter. They do not want to be hateful. They do not Want to carry grudge against the people who put them on on on, uh, on uh, worst case death row, uh, or against the families and friends who thought they were actually uh, guilty when innocent? They have taken in that way a very positive direction in in life, and all of these exonerees that I've met and interviewed. They are kinder than kind in, 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 in many ways. Another thing is that they still go back, many of them, late at night, turn off the light, and really uh, are suffering from, from the injustice that they have have experienced. But when they get out of bed in the morning, they treat other people nicely. And I think my personal conclusion to that is, that when you've had all chances in life to become hateful and bitter, you also realize that if you carry on that way, life will to some extent not be worth living because it is hard waking up angry, waking up bitter, waking up hateful every morning. And you know that when you've had all the reasons to feel that way, So my personal conclusion is that these beautiful people, and let's remember, when I'm talking about these beautiful people, we're talking about people who have never done anything wrong. They're just (laughs) as innocent as you and I. They were just being the victims of other people's cruelty when telling lies, giving false testimonies against them, uh, or they were just unlucky to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. But they've had all the chances of, of um, going in a negative direction, but uh, towards the way they conduct themselves and 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 others, and and at least try to, they do it in a very positive and um, and beautiful way.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. That's a that's a beautiful example because there are so many people who are waking up, like you said, being bitter and resentful and hurting others without any reason. And um, it's amazing that people like this who have been, I cannot imagine the pain they endured in the jail. And, uh, of course, like you said, they wasted their time and uh, they needed to start from scratch building their lives. And mm-hmm. uh, although this happened to them, they're an amazing example for everybody. And I hope the listeners who are listening right now, this is going to be a good Eye opener and for everybody
2: yeah because these are extreme examples of when life can be both cruel but also beautiful when you get a second chance at life Uh, and when I as an author uh, has had the, the chance of standing on the side viewing these people observing their lives, talking to them about it, um, I think that I have gained a lot of insight about human nature. Not in the way that I'm by any means more positive, kind or anything than than anyone else, but I can see that people who have lived these extremes, they tend to... Uh, turn their lives around another example of this is that uh, besides uh, the deprived um, writing this book i'm also working about a documentary uh, where i've over a number of years have been um, following uh, a grand dragon of the ku klux klan which means that in in one of the states he's like the head of, of the ku klux klan and in many ways he was born into the clan and his entire life he has known nothing but hate he was by family members by surroundings brought up to hate african americans hating jews hating gays and he thought that uh, through all his life that it was only normal to hate people until one day when he started doubting in his hate and the reason why he's doubting in his hate and and that is one of the things that my documentary and and there's also a book connected with that documentary what it is looking into is actually if hating other people comes so hard on your soul that you actually have to leave the clan the white supremacy movement or uh, if you have to die with the hate because as he says The hardest thing in life is actually waking up every morning, feeling that you need to be angry, feeling that you need to hate other persons. But if you've been brought into life with that conviction, um, then it's hard uh, uh, getting rid of and getting out of. And without any comparison, uh, I just think that, that what you see with these extremes Uh, in a complete another direction, if you have been brutally um, victimized by even uh, law enforcement that you brought up to trust in, if you have been experiencing extreme cruelty, I think that at one point, it comes naturally to your own mind. Do I want to go down the same path? being a cruel person, or will I actually make a U-turn, so to speak, where I go in a direction where hate or anger or cruelty is not going to ruin my life, just like I try to ruin other people's life by being cruel and so on. Uh, And it's been a really eye-opener for me. And I admire so deeply that these people who've spent decades on death row that they actually manage all of them to turn their lives around in the way that they are kind to other people despite the fact they haven't experienced kindness themselves for decades now that's something you know for the rest of us to, to admire and, 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 and to be inspired by I would say
1: absolutely I totally agree with you we need to turn the negative again into a positive. And so many people, you know, they wake up angry and resentful and hateful and nothing bad happened in their life. They just, it's a matter of choice who they want to be and how to treat people. And there is nothing we can do about it until they realize that.
2: No, but we can Force ourselves to actually take a stand towards ourselves? Do we actually treat others and ourselves as we would like to, as we should? I'm just like everyone else. I have days where I easily get annoyed. I easily get annoyed if there's someone passing me by in in, in traffic as he, she shouldn't be. I easily get annoyed if um, a neighbor is playing the music too loud and so on. But uh, experiencing these different fates through my work, I have become more aware of actually you know grabbing my own grabbing my own neck and and trying to say you know the problems that you seem to feel today that makes you uh, annoyed by everything are actually small bits and pieces uh, compared to how uh, other people are actually suffering uh, i know that if you have a headache you have a headache and it's terrible but compared to people who are terminal sick it's nothing. It can still be awful yeah. to have the headache, but perhaps it will leave your mind and body faster and easier if you actually put it into a context. And you can do that as a person towards many things. I have a beautiful daughter. She's six years old, and she's <laughs> my everything, and I spend a lot of time together with her. But you know, when she was born six years back, there was no anger or hate in her. I don't believe uh, there's still no hate in her, thank God. But she gets angry. She, she 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 reacts with anger. And listen, she was not born to react with anger. When she reacts with anger, it's because she has seen me and her mom and uh, neighbors, school teachers, and so on, react with anger. We're not born with anger. That is something we adapt by observing and watching how other people, they treat us. And I think that, that that is one of the other things that we as adults should take into context. How do we treat our kids? Because through my work, I can see that a lot of the people that have ended up in terrible situation problems where they've committed crimes where they're being hateful and so on they have many of them often one thing in common they had terrible um childhoods where they were perhaps being abused or they were being neglected by their parents and so on uh and 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 through my work, I can see, and I, and I try to live by it every day. It is so, it is so extremely important how we treat our kids from even the earliest month, because the way we treat our kids will follow them for the rest of their lives. So, so there's a lot of things that we, as human beings, can do towards not Turning into to to something that uh, none of us actually want to be.
1: That's true. It's very important how you raise your children, and we are having a lot of problems here in the United States with this topic because not a lot of children have uh, are lucky enough to be raised in a really healthy uh, environment with um, parents who know how to uh, how to. De- how to parent them, and uh, actually, this uh, c- this creates a chain of reaction because the children who arise in a healthy environment, uh, they actually uh, create the same family because the parents at home are example for them. What kind, how to, re- how to uh, communicate with your partner at home? So that's why it's really important, like you said. So um can you tell us where the listeners are be able to find your book, all the media places and eventually ask you questions?
2: Yeah. Um my book is uh, for sale um, on most through most online retailers. Uh that would be Google Books, uh naturally Amazon, uh Barnes and Noble and so on. So it's just a matter of, of um Of putting in the deprived innocent on death row and um, then you can buy it off uh, for instance Amazon who's running uh, a really great deal on the book with um, a a great discount uh, these days actually so if you also want to get the book uh, without having to sell your car uh, now's the time to buy it but having that said naturally just came out a week ago and if people they want to know a bit more about me and read a bit more about me they can go to my website which is my name com. I'm sure that on your platform you'll put in a link uh, to that yes. Um but but these are the places where I can be found and you know people can reach me on Facebook uh, Twitter Instagram LinkedIn and so on and I'll be happy to um answer questions um, uh, in uh, about my work and, 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 and the new book that I put out. And people, they often say, oh, when you mention Amazon and so on, it's just a question of selling books. To me, as a, as, as a reply, and I do understand if it sounds a bit phony, but always say to people, I would be really, really happy if you would read my book. But I think there are some people that will be even happier than me. And that's the innocent people in prison. Because still today, it's expected that there's thousands and thousands and thousands of mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters who have to live through hell every day in prison even though they've never done anything wrong. And that is what I'm trying to put focus on with my book. I really want to open people's eyes because when you talk about innocent people in in, in prison, it sounds like a Hollywood movie, but it's not. It's reality to, some say, estimate even up to 150,000 Americans today that are wrongfully convicted and I think that they would appreciate people reading the book uh, more than anyone else uh, so so I hope that this book will be an eye-opener I hope that this book naturally will also get a lot of media attention because through this book when I tell about what life is by the stories that I've obtained when I tell people, through, for instance, your show and, and, and through the medias and, and speeches and so on, what this is like, I pretend to myself that I'm actually giving the innocent people a voice. And there's a lot of people in this world that needs voices. Uh, I have just been, I would say, lucky enough, though it sounds wrong, but lucky enough to come across some of these stories where I can help telling the stories of of wrongfully convicted. So hope that people, they will um, buy and read the book because as you said so kindly in in, in your introduction, the way the book has been written is not from one expert to other experts. It's written in a language and in a way that everyone will actually easily be able to... to, um, uh, to uh, to understand and actually feel that it gives them also value reading this book from a reading perspective.
1: Yeah, there's so many things going on in our society, and I can see you have written books about human trafficking, mm-hmm. and I have been covering it on my show. I don't know if you get uh, got chance to take a look at to take a look of my episodes. So um, yeah. What, yeah. So, w- what can you tell us about the book you wrote about human trafficking? Uh,
2: the book about human trafficking. I've I've actually been writing about human trafficking a few times. I've been writing about it uh, all the way back to 2000, year 2000, where I went to uh, Yugoslavia uh, or or actually to Serbia, Croatia, and and uh, Bosnia Herzegovina because a lot of uh, people were freely or forced uh, into Europe that way. But the book that I wrote where I wrote about human trafficking uh, was in 2015 and it was about people forced into brothels to uh, massage parlors in Los Angeles, in New York and so on where young Chinese girls Uh, and 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 from many other countries were working as uh, sex workers and they were paying up off their debt for being trafficked into America uh, by um, so to speak returning the favors which is not a favor of the human traffickers by working as sex workers and it's it's you know awful stories some thought that they were going to go to America working as waitresses or uh, nannies or stuff like that, but as soon as they got to Los Angeles, Miami, uh, Chicago, uh, New York, and so on, they were forced into to working at these small uh, massage parlors and, 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 and places like that. Uh, another way that I've been working with human trafficking is actually interviewing uh, people from South America and describing how they... Have really risked their lives and the lives of their kids by being forced through the desert of Mexico and 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 Texas and so on and and into America uh, where they now live and work as illegal immigrants, uh, and that's a different kind of 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 human trafficking. But just like innocent people on in in prison, it is so awful thinking that. Today, we have all around the world millions and millions and millions of people being the victims of uh, modern slavery. And one thing to bear in mind is these people being human trafficked, they are not necessarily living in Kenya, Pakistan, Moldova, or any places like that. They are walking the streets of Dallas, of Washington, D.C., of San Francisco, trying to make money enough to satisfy to satisfy their human traffickers and pimps when they come home with the take-ins of, of the day. And, you know, we're talking about even kids, 13, 14, 15 years old, forced into prostitution. Or forced into doing labor work at factories uh, in 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 the farm industry and so on that no one wants to do, uh, and 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 that is another gruesome example of how life is in uh, the Western world as well in in 2019, and it goes for highly privileged countries like Denmark as well, where I live, we're having um, extreme welfare here. And, and uh, we, in Denmark, we're discussing, there's a political discussion whether we actually have poverty or not. And that's a political discussion in parliament. Um, but one thing is for sure, we're having people, human trafficked, even into one of the wealthiest countries in the world where authorities and the surrounding society have all possibilities to actually be aware of this problem and and help people out of it. Uh, So it is not a phenomenon that you can only say is um, born and bred in, in, in undeveloped countries. It is happening, I'm sure, only a few blocks away from, from where you are now, even in very, very small rural places in America. And, uh, uh it is gonna, I'm putting out another book that, uh, among other things, deals with sex trafficking with, uh, with, uh, Americans being, you know, forced into, uh, sex trafficking. I'm putting that book out by the fall of, uh, 2019. So, um, uh, those are other stories that uh, I'm working on right now, and and I think that needs to we we need to put attention to this because there's so much
0: Absolutely.
2: cruelty yeah. that innocent people are experiencing, whether they are on death row or just serving five years in prison or serving five months, uh, and 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 it goes for it, it's the same thing with you know. A completely different topic but but people you know forced into modern-day slavery or women having to fear for their lives every day because of abuse and naturally in in in, in modern times said husbands fearing for their lives or being beaten every day uh, you know we have all possibilities of addressing this injustice today as a world that is uh, heavily civilized when it comes to communication. Uh, But it seems that it's easier turning the other cheek uh, than actually uh, doing something about it. And my small return after having focused on my career for 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 personal uh, benefit for years and years and years my small uh, return to to these people is you know writing the books that i do and and working on the documentaries that i do and uh being so eager and putting focus on 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 the deprived uh, my new book because i really want to be the voice um or at least be one of the voices because a lot of people, they do excellent work for, for, for innocent people. But, you know, it just breaks my heart thinking that right now there are so many people sitting innocently on um, a prison block where they shouldn't be. And having said that, that doesn't mean that I'm the kind of guy who, who thinks we should go soft on, 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 on crime. Because, no, I'm not that kind of guy. If you do the crime, you do the time. And I think that you deserve a punishment that you can feel, along with a lot of education and counseling. So we don't release you 10 years later just to have you back 10 days later. Uh, You know, all these things are combined. But one thing that is often misunderstood is that if you're so... Eager on putting focus to wrongful convictions, and you know, you know, you gotta be against um, a society with with law and order. Absolutely not. I'm in favor of of law and order, uh, uh, but that doesn't mean that innocent mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, they should be um, they should be innocently in, in innocent in in, in prison
1: absolutely and i'm sorry we are out of time i'm going to have you for sure on the show and believe it or not i'm covering this. i'm victim of abuse and domestic violence myself i have my book Fire and eyes if you haven't heard it you can find it out about it on my website also so thank you so much Stefan, for being on my show it's been a pleasure please continue to do what to do this very important we need people like this so we can stop this crime it's terrible it's terrible it's out of control and we need new laws we need a lot of things here in the united states Uh, we need uh so many things and so many people like you and others who are actually doing their best to make sure that this injustice is behind and people will get um, the kind of uh, treatment they deserve. And we don't want to see innocent people on a death row exposed to such a harsh reality again. It's terrible. I just cannot imagine. Yeah.
2: Thank you for very much for, for having me and, and thank you also for... Uh, putting me on the show uh, at the same time uh, helping uh, as well to put focus and and bring awareness to to this uh, important matter. Thank you for that.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being on my show. Thank you to the listeners who were with us and I'll be back on air next Friday. Goodbye.